The following content is provided to you as a ministry of Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters, a high-adventure Christian wilderness camp in Andrews, North Carolina. Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters exist to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ through the exposition of Scripture and personal relationships in order to equip the church to impact this generation. For more information, visit our website at swoutfitters.com or follow us on Twitter using the handle at SnowbirdSwo. Enjoy the message. All right, y'all ready to roll? <clears throat> so uh, I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to jump right in talking about making wise choices. So let me pray. Jesus, thanks for these guys and girls. <clears throat> Thank you for bringing them here this week. God, I pray that you would guide us now as we talk about this subject, and I pray that, um, that you give us ears to hear by the power of your Holy Spirit. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Excuse me. So it's been said that the choices that we make, make us. Like the things that we choose kind of form our lives and, and shape our lives. That's a really, really big responsibility. So if our lives are shaped by our choices, what we want to look at is how can our cho- choices be shaped by God's wisdom? So in this breakout, I want to look at how to make wise choices on a daily level and then on a large scale, big, like how do you make large life choices? So let's look at our everyday choices first. You choose one billion times a day. You think about it, you, you've chosen so many things even just in this room, and 95% of what we choose, we don't even think about. It just happens. Why'd you walk around this way instead of that way? Why did you lift this arm instead of that arm? Why did you do that instead of this? Like most of the choices we make are just habits. For, the, for a, a large amount of our choices, man, we're just operating in these roads or ruts of habits. But there's another sense in which every time we choose, something inside of us changes a little bit. C.S. Lewis says it this way. Every time you make a choice, you are turning the central part of you, the part of you that chooses, into something a little different than it was before. And that's really cool or really scary. But you can see this in a superficial way, right? You can see this with silly things like exercise. You know, if you choose to exercise, it may be really difficult at first, but little by little, you're changing by that choice. It's becoming easier and easier, and you're becoming the sort of person that enjoys that more and more. So you can see it in a superficial way, but you can also see it in a moral way, how the choices that you choose change you a little bit. Now, some choices don't have a moral component like this one. Red shirt or blue shirt, it really doesn't matter. There's no moral component to that. But some choices do have a moral component like this one, this shirt or that shirt. Now, if there are some larger things at play here, like people thinking, will I get noticed? Are people going to be jealous? Does this show off my body? Things like that. So you think about how the choices that you make change you. Think about these choices. The music you choose to listen to, it changes you. The friends you choose to hang out with, they change you. Now, these are obvious because it's not the choice itself, but the object that changes you. So the music itself is what's changing you. The friends are what changes you. But other times, it's the actual choosing that changes you. Think about this, those of y'all that drive. Choosing the speed changes you into a different sort of person. Because little by little, you become more comfortable breaking the laws. Choosing to help someone out changes you a little bit because little by little you become more and more compassionate choosing to entertain this thought or that thought in part we are what we think and we are what we choose so our choices often become habits 
And the scary part is sinful choices become sinful habits. Look at Romans 6. It says this. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you're slaves to the one who you obey? Either sin, which leads to death, or obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you are committed. And having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. Now, speaking in human terms, because your natural limitations, just as you once presented your members to slaves, as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, here's what he says to us. So now you present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. What this is saying is, now that Jesus has done the work, now that he's set us free, now that he's changed our hearts, we are to present our members, our bodies to righteousness. And this has everything to do with our choices. 1 Timothy 4 says, Have nothing to do with irreverent silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. While bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and for the one to come. So this says, you need to train yourself for godliness. How do you do that? Bertie talked about this morning. Scripture, yes, absolutely. Prayer, absolutely. But also our choices. With our choices, we are training ourselves for godliness or sinfulness. So you think about not training for godliness is training for sin. And habits are formed in both ways. Slaves are made in both ways. You think about every day you're creating habits little by little. You're disciplining yourself one way or the other. Every day you're training by your choices. You're training for purity or lustfulness. You're training for truth or for lying. You're training for humility or pride, for kindness or meanness, and so much more. There's a quote that's been attributed to Aristotle, but really it's this guy named Will Durant. And it says, we are what we repeatedly do. Now, we know we're much more than that because we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. But there's an aspect of that that's true. We are what we've trained for. We are what we repeatedly do. And you don't get wise by accident. You don't become a slave of sin by accident. They're both choices. And you see, really what's happening is there is a, there is a, a biblical principle in our choices. Have you heard of the law of the harvest? I'm, I'm sure you have. If you listen to this verse, Galatians 6, is basically you reap what you sow. Or you harvest what you plant. It's, uh, it says this in Galatians 6. Don't be deceived. God's not mocked. Whatever one sows or whatever one plants, that will he also reap or harvest. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Don't grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we don't give up. That means you harvest what you plant by your choices. So what are you planning by your choices? See, God's, governed, uh, God's created a world that's governed by certain laws. Laws of gravity, laws of thermodynamics, and the laws of the harvest. The laws of the harvest are real. Like what you plant, that you're going to harvest. Other cultures might call it karma, or what goes around comes around, something like that. But every culture recognizes this. What you plant, that's what you harvest. So if we plant the future with our choices, it's time to get thoughtful about our choices. So let me do this. Assuming you guys are putting away childish things, that you're ready to make wise choices, that you're seeking Christ, and assuming you're ready to plant good choices, let's talk about four steps to make wise choices on the day-to-day. Four steps for making wise choices, all right? And this is for the day-to-day decisions, seeing that our choices change us a little bit. Number one, 
when you come up on a choice day to day, should I listen to this song? Should I watch this show? Should I go to this place? You need to first think, number one, is this mentioned in the Bible? Is this mentioned in the word? Some things are and some things are not. So uh, an example I give is, should you date a non-believer? Well, ask yourself question number one, is this mentioned in the word? Well, yes, this one is. You know, it talks about don't be unequally yoked. You think about questions like, how should I respond to this conflict? There's tons in the scripture about responding to conflict in Proverbs. Second Timothy tells us this. All scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness. So that the man of God may be a, a co- complete and equipped for every good work. The word is going to give us principles to guide our choices. So number one. Think, is this mentioned in the word? We're going to practice this in a minute. Number two, when you come up on a choice, should I go here or should I go there? Number two, seek wise counsel. Ask other people, ask wise people. Proverbs 15, 22 says, without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. You need outside perspective in the decisions you make. So number one, think, is this mentioned in the word? Number two, seek wise counsel. Number three, Pay attention to your desires and your values. What do I mean by that? What I mean by that is, really, our desires, our wants, are what drive our actions. You do what you want to do. So we need to get deeper than our actions. We need to get down to our wants and ask, why do I want this? Because our wants need to be changed by the Holy Spirit to where we want what He wants. This will help us to make wise choices for things that aren't mentioned in the Word. Number four, in making wise choices, fourth step is use wisdom. All right, so you might be like, okay, what am I supposed to do with that? All right, so use wisdom. What is wisdom? One definition, one aspect is wisdom is knowledge applied. Like it's not enough to know, you actually have to do. Uh, There's a verse in John 13, 17, after washing the disciples' feet, Jesus says, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them, or happy are you if you do them. Man, there's so much in the Bible about wisdom. Get it, seek it, ask for it, pray for it, act according to it. And there's books in the Bible about wisdom. But right information doesn't necessarily lead to wisdom. Hebrews Hebrews 5.14, it says this, But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. So, These four steps for making wise choices, let's practice it, all right? I want to just throw a question on the board, and we're going to practice going through with these four four steps, all right? You ready? What show should we watch tonight? Should you watch Game of Thrones, or should you watch American Ninja Warrior, all right? So, yeah, preference aside, let's think what's a wise choice. Let's use our four steps, all right? Number one, is this mentioned in the Word? Well, we know that TV shows are not mentioned in the Word, but we do know the content of those shows may be. So we know that Game of Thrones has a lot of sex and nudity in it. Is that mentioned in the Word? Yes, it is. Flee from sexual immorality. That should guide our choice. If that's not enough, number two, principle number two, seek wise counsel. What show should you watch tonight? Let me be your wise counsel. You should not watch Game of Thrones. All right? You should watch something different. American Ninja Warrior, great. But there's so much sex and nudity in that show, you should not watch it for your own holiness. Let's do number three. Pay attention to your desires. Why do you want to watch this show? 
Well, there are great storylines in that show, I've heard. So our question should be, pay attention to your desires. Is your desire for holiness greater than your desire for entertainment? Is your desire for Jesus greater than your desire for a good story tonight? And number four, use wisdom, which means if you know these things, happy are you if you do them. The word speaks against it. Wise counsel speaks against it. Pay attention to your desires. Use wisdom and make a good decision. So now this may seem silly or like a robot. You know, you you might have to stop and apply these four steps. You might have to stop and think about each decision. Later on, it's going to come more naturally. It's going to come more naturally. But as it becomes habitual, you're still going to need to stop and think about the huge life decisions. Y'all are in this phase of life where you got giant life decisions coming up. Career, job, uh, spouse. What do you do when you face those giant life decisions? I only got a couple minutes left, so let me, let me just talk about it real quick. So many times with those huge life decisions like who should I marry? Um, where should I go to school? What career should I get into? We want to have a crystal ball. We want to be able to tell the future because we don't want a bad life. We don't want to be in a miserable marriage. We don't want to be in a terrible job. We don't want to be at the wrong school. Here's the thing, man. God could tell us the future, but he doesn't. You ever think about that? He could tell us the future, but he doesn't. Why? This quote by Tim Challies. He said, God doesn't comfort us by showing us the future, but by showing us himself. That's good. He doesn't want to show us the future, which means that God doesn't want us to put our hope in this choice. We hope in him. John Bloom says he places a higher priority on our being transformed than are being informed about the future. So, knowing that God doesn't tell us the future, as these huge life decisions come up, let me just give you three quick priorities to keep in mind as you're making these giant life decisions. Number one, ask yourself. You're you're asking this job or that job, this career or that career, this school or that school. Ask yourself, number one, how can this decision maximize Christ and the gospel? Meaning, Is this choice going to bring me closer to Jesus? And secondly, is this choice the best way to make Jesus known? Number one, ask yourself, how can this decision maximize Christ in the gospel? How can this college or this career path maximize Christ in the gospel? Number two, do the most obedient thing, which is not always the easiest thing. As you come on those huge life decisions, do the most obedient thing, which is not always the easiest. And number three, accept uncertainty. You will never know the future. You will never connect the dots. So don't look at all the things that could go wrong. Flip it to the positive and look at all the things that can go right. You see this even with silly things like choosing a restaurant tonight. What restaurant should we eat at? This one that serves steak or this one that serves seafood? You can go to this restaurant and be worried like, oh man, I made the wrong choice. That steak was probably so good, but here I am eating seafood. Or you could accept the uncertainty. I picked a restaurant, and now I'm going to enjoy it. So as you're doing this, as you're making these huge life decisions, accept uncertainty and trust God. That is the point of uncertainty to grow your faith in God. Trust God and don't second guess it. So let me recap. Your choices, every day, your choices change you. So train yourself for godliness. Among other ways, buy your daily choices. Then use the four-step process for making decisions. Look at the word, get wise counsel, pay attention to your desires, and get wisdom. As this becomes habitual, when the big life decisions arise, ask, how can this decision maximize the gospel? 
Number two, do the most obedient thing. And number three, accept uncertainty, knowing that our hope is not in our choice. Our hope is in God. Let's pray. Jesus, I pray that you would help us to make wise choices on the day-to-day and on the giant life decisions. Lord, I, I pray that you would, even today, that you'd help us to make good decisions with what we do with the Word, God. And I know that your Holy Spirit is influencing us with that, God, and working in, in, in our choices. I pray for our part, we'd make the wise, uh, uh, wise choices today. Lord, please prep us for what we're going to hear here in a, a few minutes in the next workshop. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen.